Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Hello, my name is Ed Clemente. I'm the host today. This is a new one for us. We have two guests, and we're fortunate to have Tom Durkee. He's the Business Development Manager with the MEDC. And Tom, before I finish that, is there any additional title you want to add in there? Before well, it's I... not a title, but uh, it's I, I'm a Business Development Manager for the Tribal Business Development Program. And then the other person we have today is Deidre Mitchell, President and CEO of the Wasayabuck, still off, I'm sure, Development Company, LLC, and I'll let her say it properly. Hi, Heidi Hotz, Wasayabuck Development Company, and we are a tribally owned um, economic diversification company. And you could even mention the, the, two, the band that's associated with you, too. Yeah, we uh, we uh, form businesses on behalf of the Nottawasepi here on Band of the Potawatomi, uh, whose uh, reservation lands are located down near Battle Creek. Thank you very much. And just so people don't think I'm ignoring you, Deidre, but the first sort of questions are going to be geared more toward Tom, and the second half will be geared more toward you. But both of you are equally allowed to interrupt each other freely as we go through this process. And it's a very conversational thing, but I think a lot of people... You know, one of the reasons I was really excited about doing this, because I don't know a lot. And I was a legislator who had to work sometimes with the tribes and I didn't know that much about them. And I'm glad to have this opportunity to learn more on behalf. And hopefully a lot of people are going to learn a lot about what goes on more with you guys. So with that, uh, Tom, I um, wanted to kind of get directly and start with you about can you tell us what the MEC Tribal Business Development Program is more or less? Yeah, sure. Uh, So the program was developed in late 2010, and it was part of the MEDC's effort to uh, figure out a way to proactively connect with the tribes in Michigan. There are 12 federally recognized tribes in Michigan, five are in the UP, and the remaining seven are in the Lower Peninsula, mostly west of uh, 127, if you will, so on the west side of the state, primarily the remaining seven and it was a way for the MEDC to start to engage more proactively with the tribes. And by proactively, that means we're reaching out to them. Uh, a big role or a part of my job is to annually meet several times with the tribes or the representatives, someone such as Deidre. Uh, I'm either meeting with tribal leadership at the government governmental level or at the economic development staff or organization level. And several times a year, try to meet with them. Uh, Last year, of course, with COVID, I wasn't able to get in the car and actually physically go and visit a lot of uh, virtual meetings. But typically, and and soon, I hope, we'll be back on the road meeting in person on tribal lands to discuss the efforts and projects that the tribes want to uh, enact or engage. And um, the MEDC established the program with a $1 million annual fund to help in those efforts. So can you get a little specific about some of the programs like you and the MEDC have been doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, 
So with that million dollar annual fund that we have, we try to touch as many projects as we can. In a typical year, we're, we're doing or affecting probably anywhere from four to seven projects or four to seven tribes uh, with projects that, that they want to move forward. Uh, a lot of times our funds are put in place as a kind of a support and not the lead, I guess. We're not the biggest amount of money. Typically, that does come from the tribes or other partners or investors that they may have. And um, so that's that's primarily what, what we do with that. Um, if you're looking for examples, um, I'm not sure if that's what you meant, Ed. But sure, sure. Give it one or two if you like. And Deidre is going to give some more, I know. Sure. Specifically. Sure. So uh, in the recent, so some of the more recent years, uh, we've done a, we cover a whole gamut of types of projects. Uh, on one level, we're, we're helping with studies that might help tribes uh, start to sort out the kinds of things they want to do. And at the other end of the spectrum, we're actually putting funds uh, into place to help buy equipment or move a construction project forward or redevelopment project forward. Uh, a couple examples. Uh, most recently, we assisted a tribe with uh defense contracting manufacturer that they operate. Uh, we helped them buy some equipment and add some space so they could expand. We've done several redevelopment downtown projects. Uh, one in the UP that took a former vacant cafe in Sault Ste. Marie, and they converted that into a business center, which now houses several companies and actually has some shared space like conference rooms and some other amenities, almost like an incubator, a business incubator, if you will. Um, we helped we helped construct and put in place a farmer's market in the UP as well in an area that was what most often is referred to as a food desert. There's not a lot of food or grocery options in that area. And we help construct a, um, but they help obviously with with funds from the tribe to construct a three season roofed structure that has electrical, water, uh, on site restrooms, all the amenities you'd want to have for a going business, so that when customers and people come in to visit that farmers market, it's a it's a very good experience. Uh, their, their previous farmers market was tents on a parking lot, uh, and they were sharing that space with a uh, boat landing. So it was, uh, not a real, not a real, uh, convenient way to operate. So, uh, those are the kind of things you like to do is to, to kind of raise the level of activity and commerce that's happening. And yeah, I, yeah go I, ahead, Deidre. I think an important piece of what Tom does also is he's so knowledgeable about all the tribes. He really does act like a between the two tribes and we're trying to do stuff and he just has so much of the history and what their interests are and that kind of stuff that he's one of my first calls when I want to know who I need to talk to or is this a good thing or a bad thing so I think that's another really valuable service that they offer. Yeah thanks Deidre because that that is something so besides the money and a lot of times when when the state is involved with funding programs a lot of people see it as just the funds that are on the table if you will but I do see the job that I have and that the MEDC serves is to be that resource that Deidre just mentioned that, you know, who do we need to be involved with this? Who should we connect you with? What's a good time to talk? Who else should we have at the table? That kind of thing. And, and that's part of what I do as well. So let me ask Deidre a question. But so 
your uh, organization, if someone were to ask you quickly, like, what do you tell people you do? I know I'm familiar because we're all inside baseball people here. But what would you tell somebody who didn't know anything about what you did? Well, it's kind of funny because my parents have asked me for some what I do, and they still keep saying, what do you do, really? But uh, my elevator speech is really that we buy and develop companies on behalf of the Nottawasepi tribe, not having to do with gaming. And the mission of that, because tribes are sovereign and they're kind of their own nation unto themselves, the proceeds um, from our business operations go to, towards nation building, and we want to also provide uh, career development opportunities for tribal members. Could you deep dive a little bit more on what does the word sovereign sort of mean? I know that uh, for most people, you know, there's a definition in the dictionary, but for you, I'm sure it's maybe a little bit more impactful. Like, yeah, I think a good way to think of it is they're an individual nation within the United States. So when you think of a tribe, they're responsible for supporting their own government structure, their own um, uh, fire and police services, their own health services, their own judicial services. Um, so they are kind of an independent nation operating within the United States. Yeah, because I think a lot of people sort of hear about, it, but they don't really know that much. And it's nice to hear it directly. So, you know, you sort of touched on this a little bit when you're when when you amplified some of the things Tom was saying. But so how did tribally owned businesses, what is the economic impact for like Michigan or to the Michigan economy? Yeah, that that's actually one of the projects that we worked on with MEDC and Tom and I worked together is um, in 2020, we uh, pulled nine of the 12 federally recognized tribes in Michigan, the nine wanted to participate, and we did a non-gaming uh, tribal economic impact study um, for the state of Michigan. And the results of that were that uh, the tribes have about a $289 million uh, economic impact on the state of Michigan. Um, they supply over 1,500 jobs. That average wage is about 45000 a year. Um, and they, they operated in 11 different sectors. So um, pretty broad economic impacts. And Ed, I, I want to reiterate uh, or, or stress what Deidre mentioned earlier about the non-gaming aspect of the economic development activities that they're doing at Wasayabek. That is also MEDC's focus with the Tribal Business Development Program. All the projects and activity that we're doing at MEDC are the non-gaming aspects of the tribes. And she also mentioned all the services, governmental and other services that the tribes provide. Uh, it's important to note that tribes generally exist in very rural areas of our state. And oftentimes, they are one of the top, if not the top, employer in those regions because of all those governmental things like schools, health services, uh, you know, on top of the casinos and hotels and restaurants that they operate. But oftentimes, if you were to gauge uh, a region and top employers, tribes in those regions will often be toward the top of that list. <laughs> So kind of bridging off of that, but Deidre, do you, I know you probably have a mission like any other organization and sort of a overview of what your sort of portfolio is, but is there something you want to break down for us just to kind of break that yeah. in a little bit more granular? 
Yeah, I think it's important to note that economic um, development means different things to each different person. For us, we defined it as anything not having to do with gaming or hospitality, because we really wanted it to be something that could help sustain revenue in case the um, gaming revenue was impacted. And that seemed like a very far-fetched idea until COVID happened last year. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really real. So um, our mission then, like I said, is to buy and develop companies outside of that realm. So we have uh, manufacturing companies, we have uh, business consulting companies, we have a, a real estate portfolio. And our, our portfolio is divided into real estate, commercial operating businesses. And then we have, um, I think, eight businesses now that offer goods and services to the United States government. So they're our federal contracting arm. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. You have to interact with a lot of different agencies because you're sort of the sovereign nation within the nation. I would imagine the federal government has a lot of say on both your aspects of how you guys do things, I presume. Maybe maybe I'll pick that up first because uh, I know that partnering with other agencies. I mean, the MEDC doesn't do this alone. Uh, Wasayabek doesn't do this alone. I'm sure Deidre would agree. Uh, oftentimes you're partnering either with state or federal agencies. As an example, Deidre was talking about the federal contracting opportunities. That's a program through the federal government, the SBA 8A program that uh, uh, Wasayabek has now been certified into. And there's a few tribes that have, and that's part of the growth of the tribal business uh, realm that we've been working with. Ten years ago when this first started, there were no 8A certified tribal uh, entities, and now I think we're up to three, which doesn't sound like a big number, but uh, it's moving in the right direction. And there's actually a couple that are going to be probably coming on board over the next one to two years. Anything else you want to add to that, Deidre, about like working with county governments or any other issues or federal? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know the tribe um, has several compacts with the state and they have agreements to help provide services at the reservation. There are a whole plethora of interagency um, cooperation that um, benefits both sides of that coin. And then, as Tom mentioned, we are part of the Small Business Administration's 8A program, and there are kind of a whole host of um, um, requirements there. And I think one of the most important is we talked about sovereignty earlier. Um, when you do business with the federal government as a tribe, you have to agree to partially waive that sovereignty so that you can um you can work out any issues that may arise in a, a state or federal court. And that's kind of one of the, the, the items that uh, tribes have to encounter when they're doing business. So there's just kind of all these different nuances to being a tribe and, and doing business and being in a, a sovereign nation. Well, yeah, I would imagine sometimes that's probably a lot of bureaucracy you got to deal with, just like everybody else. <laughs> so I'm sure it doesn't move smoothly. Um you know, I you probably highlighted it on this, Tom, but I think what, you know, Deidre's saying, too, is it sounds like they're fulfilling the strategic plan of the MEDC somewhat. And I think she's a good example of quite a few things she's just said. But is there anything else you want to add about the strategic plan for the state? Yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the there's a several key components to MEDC strategic plan. One that comes to mind is the equitable distribution of opportunities for so that all citizens of the state can seize on those opportunities, have those opportunities available. 
And by having the MEDC's tribal business program, it does open up some doorways and some pathways for uh, very rural communities to access some of those opportunities. And the tribes, um, there's been some trends recently. Uh, When we first started off 10 years ago, what we saw were relatively what I consider smaller type projects, uh, under a million dollars total investment, for instance, and and not as many jobs. As time's gone on, and and Deidre's well aware of this, that the, the, the amount of investment taking place on these projects has increased by a vast number. The largest project that MEDC participated in uh, up near Petoskey uh, is a 20 plus million dollar investment for a complete uh, several square blocks, if you will, um, of their former casino converted into a business center complex. Um, it's not, I don't think it's fully completed yet because that takes a long time to put that much on the ground, but definitely they've got some footprints on that site in the commercial realm. Uh, and those are the kind of projects that we've seen happening more and more. I'm starting to see more projects that are the multi-million dollar investment and uh, great, great paying jobs, many employees being added uh, versus where we started. So I love where this is going. I like to see this trend continue. And Wasabek's been a big part of that, too. Well, don't get mad at me, but I only got a couple questions left on time-wise. But okay. I'm going to ask one for both of you at the end. But right now, I wanted to ask Deidre a little bit about, like, how do tribal businesses differ from, say, and I use air quotes, you can't see, but uh, from, like, regular economic companies in Michigan? Yeah, I think there's some important differences. One is we've become really important when we're looking at making acquisitions to those companies who are concerned about their employees and want the business to stay in the area and to grow. They don't want an outsider buying the company and then moving it out of the state of Michigan. So since we are tribes and these are you know, ancestral lands and we are here for the long haul. And um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but tribes practice a seven generation thinking. And so we are buying companies to hold, grow and develop over seven generations. So that makes us really important community partners, really stable community partners. Um, Tom mentioned, you know, capital deploy to deploy. Since we dis, um, since we started building our portfolio in 2017, we alone have deployed $40 million in capital. And I know there are several tribes, you know, kind of in that category. So you can start to see the impact in the way that um, we are stable built business partners and we, when we move into a community with a business, we are interested in growing that community and being good partners because we're going to be together for the next seven generations. Yeah, that's a that's if we do twenty years. That's one hundred and forty years, right? So uh, that's quite a long time. Uh, hopefully, I'll be around for that. Um, the uh, the last couple of questions, and this one's more of a competitive thing for you, Deidre. But I see you do a podcast too. <laughs> I do. It is um, called Tribal Talks, and it is really um, an attempt to bring really kind of meaty, substantive uh, information about tribal economic development. There's a lot of really good um, organizations out there, NAFOA, uh, RES, a a couple of them, but they, they have big conferences, but they really with that many people have a hard time getting to detailed and, and um, kind of meaty topics on how to go about building a tribal economic development uh, and diversification um, strategy. So that's what we focus on everything from governance to 
legal structure to how to start if you don't have a lot of revenue, how to assess what resources you have, whether they be personnel or financial resources or natural resources, um, you know, uh, suggestions on how to grow and scale. So that's what we're attempting to do there. Can they find that through your website? Probably. The- yes, there is a link on our website and that is www www.wasayabek.com. Just the way it sounds, yeah. Just the way it sounds. Um, the, uh, the last question for both of you, and you could narrow it down, but what do you like living you know, in Michigan? What do you like best about it? And I'll start with you, Tom. If you have a certain destination or just what you like in general about living in Michigan. Uh, well, I'm a transplant from northern Wisconsin. And so coming to another Great Lakes state was uh, an easy move for me, if you will. So I guess when I think about, you know, what I like about Michigan, the number one is the Great Lakes access. Um, and my parents grew up in the UP. I spent a lot of summers and winters there. Yes, the winters as well. Uh, <laughs> I love the snow. I grew up in the snow. Uh, and so I, I do like everything that Michigan has to offer. It's uh, just like where I grew up. <laughs> huh. oh, Deidre, I know you're not exactly, you're not from Michigan originally either, are you? No, I was born and raised in Ohio. And when I graduated from college, I started traveling. So I've lived all over the United States. I've lived in Alaska. I've lived in Guam. I've I've lived all over the Pacific Rim. Um, And up to this point, I would have said the Pacific Northwest was my favorite place. Um, But I have to tell you that I really like Grand Rapids. I just think it's a great town. It's it's accessible. It has a lot of culture, a lot of events. Um, And I lived here in Ohio for about four years and uh, just really can't say enough good about it. Well, uh, Pure Michigan will appreciate both your comments. And uh, with that, again, I want to thank both my guests, both uh, Tom and Deidre, and we will hopefully uh, talk to you guys in the future. But thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to be with us here today. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.